The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fifth chapter. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. She, and immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are now in the long season of Pentecost in the church, the green season of growth. As we listen to scripture readings each week, we hear invitations about growing in our own life of faith and our call to ministry. Today's reading is rich in invitation, so let's take a careful look. If you'd like to follow along, we are in Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 21. For those of you who are here in person, we are at the top of page 915 in your pew Bibles, page 915. It begins, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side. That refers to crossing the Sea of Galilee. It had an eastern shore where the Gentiles, the non-Jews, lived, 
and a western Jewish shore. Jesus moved by boat between the two sides, ministering to both communities. Just before this, he had done miracles on the Gentile side. Now he is back in the Jewish community. By sharing this small detail about crossing the lake, Mark is showing us that Jesus blesses both Jews and Gentiles without being partial to either. A crowd gathered around Jesus, including Jairus. He is a leader of the synagogue. And what does this mean? He is responsible for the facilities, the security of extremely valuable scrolls on which the books of the Bible were written, oversight of the worship leaders, and the administrator of the synagogue. That means that he is highly respectful and he is a VIP. He's valued in the community. He's an insider. He's someone who belongs. Others would normally be asking him for favors. He would not be accustomed to begging for anything. And one more detail. Last time in this gospel in chapter 3 that Jesus visited a synagogue, he healed a man with a withered hand. It was on the Sabbath, and a group of people got so upset they started plotting to destroy him. But today, this important man from the synagogue has a little daughter who is very ill, and he's just a daddy, and he's worried sick. So he threw away his prestige, and he threw himself down at Jesus' feet and begged him repeatedly to lay his hands on his little daughter so that she may be made well. Verse 24. Jesus went with him. They were in a hurry. The little girl was very, very ill. The whole crowd was pressing in on them. And then their haste was interrupted by, well, by someone seen as far less important than he, a woman all by herself. No one is there to speak for her or to stand with her. She has had a flow of blood, a hemorrhage, for 12 long years. Now, in every culture, some things are considered to be unsavory, unclean, contagious, and it varies from place to place. You know, with all the care that we have taken in times of COVID, maybe we have learned a little something about this. In that culture, having a flow of blood meant you couldn't be with other people or even touch anything that other people would touch. Therefore, she was isolated. Her life had been diminished and lonely for the last 12 years. Further, verse 26, the docs couldn't help. She was broke from her medical bills, and she was getting worse instead of better. Desperate, she wanted to be invisible, quiet, no attention for two reasons. Because of her medical condition, she should not have been in that crowd where people could touch her. And because she was a woman in that culture, she wouldn't expect to be publicly acknowledged by a rabbi. So, verse 27, she came up quietly behind him. Now, she had all kinds of things going against her, but she had one thing going for her. She had heard about Jesus. She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. And she did. Can you imagine her trembling 
outstretched hand making the gentlest, most secret contact with the edge of his robe. And in that moment, she felt in her body that she was healed. Imagine her relief after 12 years of being an outcast. If she had a plan at that moment, I'm sure it was to fade out of the crowd, go to the priest as soon as she could go through the rites of purification that would officially say she could rejoin the community. But if she had hoped for a quiet anonymity, it was not to be. Because Jesus knew, verse 30, that power had gone out from him. In the midst of a clamoring crowd, Jesus was aware of the slightest touch of an anonymous woman on his robe. I am so heartened and moved by this. He knows even the smallest ways we reach out to him. He asked, who touched me? And his disciples thought, well, everybody in the whole crowd, Lord. But the woman knew he meant her, and can you see her? Taking a deep breath, slowly approaching. Verse 33 says she came in fear and trembling, and like mighty Jairus, fell down before Jesus. And she told him the whole truth. What a risk for her to do that. What courage she had in front of that crowd. So now Jesus knew her whole story. He knew he had been touched by someone the rule said he shouldn't touch, making him contaminated as well. He had every right by that culture's standards to be angry, but that's not the Jesus we know. He put compassion above the culture's rules, especially rules that isolated and punished the vulnerable ones. So he said, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Jesus put his public stamp of approval on her. The whole crowd now knew that she had been healed. He publicly welcomed her back into the community and into full life. He had not only healed her body, he also restored her dignity, her freedom, her life. But, are you worried? Are you feeling the tension? What about that little girl? She was so very ill. Can you see Daddy Jairus tapping his foot impatiently? Jesus had stopped, had taken precious time to help this unimportant woman. And then, verse 35, sure enough, some people came from Jairus' house and they said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? What sorrow, what hopelessness. But Jesus overheard and he said to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Let's just inscribe that on our hearts and our minds, whatever life requires of us. Do not fear, only believe. Now think, at that moment Jesus could have said, I'm so sorry about your daughter Jairus, goodbye. He could have chosen not to go into that place of tragedy and grief and fear. But he always goes to those places with us. No matter what we are going through, he is with us. And they finally arrived at Jairus's house. There was a great commotion of professional mourners inside whose function was to wail and beat their breasts, tear their hair, rend their garments. These actions are about grief, they're signs of grief, and they also alert the community that a death has occurred. But this time, they were premature. 
Jesus said, verse 39, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, sleeping is a sort of slippery word. Parents, please reassure any children who are listening that this is not about when you tuck them in at night and read them a story and they fall asleep and then before they know it, it's morning again. It's a different way of using this word. This is one of the words that the scriptures, including the writings of Paul, use for death. Yes, we will all die someday, some younger and some older, as we have experienced in our own congregation just this week. But to call it sleep is a hint of resurrection. It's the gleam of sunrise on Easter morning. It's the death from which we will awaken like after a good night's sleep in the presence of our maker. Some scholars say that while this account is about Jesus as loving healer who cares about us in this life, it is also about something even bigger, that when all is said and done, death itself is being defeated by Jesus, so that when our time comes, we too can not fear, but only believe and trust in that Easter sunrise. The little girl's account points to that. Jesus says, she is not dead, but sleeping. Clearly, tragically, this little one has died. So the mourners laughed at Jesus. He just put them outside. And in the quiet of the little girl's room, he took her by the hand. Touching a corpse was also against the rules, but he didn't care. He said to her, Talitha kum, which means oh so simply, little girl, get up. And she got up and began to walk around. Tender and practical, he ordered up some dinner for her. Comfort food, to be sure. He healed this little one physically, and then he restored her to her rightful place with her family around the dinner table. A table, I think, with people gathered whose eyes were wide, full of wonder, and who were forever changed. We see so much of our Lord in this account this morning from his tenderness to his power. What I find myself drawn to is his far-reaching compassion. It was extended to both the powerful, like Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and also toward those most vulnerable in his society, like the woman with the flow of blood and the little girl. He ministered to both Jews and Gentiles as he crossed back and forth on the Sea of Galilee. He didn't have an in-group and an out-group. And we saw that how the world viewed a person just didn't matter to Jesus. So here's what I'd like you to think about today in terms of his invitation to us to faith and ministry today. It's pretty simple. Do we have an open kind of compassion toward whoever God puts in our path? A compassion that is truly without regard to status in the eyes of the world? Is our compassion courageous enough to reach out to those who are rejected by our culture? Is it bountiful enough to be extended whether the one in need is rich or poor, secure or vulnerable?
And are we humble enough to receive compassion when it's being extended to us because it is our time to be in need? My prayer for us today is that we will, in a thousand different ways, be people who courageously, bountifully, humbly offer and receive the compassion our Savior has so generously given us. It makes the world go around. In the name of Jesus, amen.